This morning, um, Jenny Mae McCabe, sweet Jenny Mae. I've learned so much from Jenny May over the years. Truly, in the you know, when the Bible talks about Bereans, they just are studiers. <laughs> Mrs. Berean, right here. Um, um, she just is a lover of God's word and a studier and an amazing prayer warrior. Um, I just love her heart to persistently pray for the things in her life and things in the Lord and things within the church. Um, but I'm excited to hear what the Lord has put on her heart this morning. She gave us a little peek when we, we met for prayer this morning, but um, get your pens ready because she usually has amazing backstories and facts and information and then just ties it all in beautifully with the heart of God. So please welcome Jenny May. Okay, Eddie. Um, my husband is so cute. We've been married 45 years to life. And um, last, last night, um, he listened to my study, and he timed me, because we usually get about 20 minutes. And he said I was 19 minutes, point something or other. And then he critiques me. And, gosh, it's so much better when you can see. <laughs> and so he said, honey... Make sure you slow down when you do the scriptures and make sure that you're not so scatterbrained. So, thank you, Jim McCabe. I love you, honey. (laughs) And I do appreciate his critique. So, let's open in prayer first. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would speak to us this morning through your word. Empty us out so you can pour in your Holy Spirit that we can glorify you in what we say and what we do. For we name the greatest name in the world, and that is Jesus. Amen. Um, I think about 10 or 15 years ago, I asked Yvonne, didn't we do this study before? I'm 64, and you don't remember anything. My kids can say amen to that. And... um, She said, yes, we did. So I thought, gosh, I'm not quite as crazy as I thought I was. But about 37 years ago, we did, um, when I was in a little church in Encinitas, Calvary Chapel of Encinitas, we did um, the Women of the Bible. And we were a small little church. And we had a lot of love and a lot of freedom. And many of us came over here to Calvary Vista. And... um, So we did the women of the Bible, but we did it chronologically. So we started out with Eve. And I thought, I'm going to jazz this Bible study up a little. And I went and I got some tan-colored leotards and tan-colored tights. And I got three really big um, green um, fig leaves and put it in the appropriate places. And I taught Eve. Well, as you can see, I'm not the widow, the starving widow of Zarephath today. However, I do have a little trick up my sleeve, and I'll get to that later. So let's open up our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 16. And we're going to go backwards a little bit for a little history lesson. Those that know, that know me know I love history. I love history, grandchildren, and chocolate. So here's your lit history lesson. Verse 
29 of First Kings chapter 16. In the 38th year of King Asa of Judah, King Ahab, son of King Omri, became king over Israel. And King Ahab, the son of Omri, who was Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image, and King Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. At this time, Israel, we remember from our Old Testament that there was first King Saul, then King David, and then King Solomon. After King Solomon, the state of Israel broke up into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And this is the southern kingdom. And most or all of the kings of the northern king of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. But this evil king Ahab was the worst of the worst. And he married this woman, Queen Jezebel, that was a horrible woman, and they were Baal worships. They took away the worship of Yahweh away. They didn't even want the northern kingdom to come down and worship the three times that Jewish men were to go to Jerusalem. They, they set up Baal worship in um, Samaria. And this Baal worship was, he was the fake god, the idol god, that was very evil. He wanted children to be sacrificed to him because he was just an idol, but that was part of their terrible theology. So you will see, if you go to Israel into their museums, you'll see these little jars with babies in them, and it grosses you out. And and he was so wicked and so evil. This was the king and the history of where we go next. And First Kings chapter 17, 1. We'll meet a new character here. Now, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to King Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand... There shall not be dew nor rain these three and a half years, except by my word. So Elijah goes to King Ahab and he makes this proclamation. There's not going to be any rain or there's not going to be any dew. Well, this is an agrarian society where they're farmers. And they are so dependent on the rain, like the rain god of Baal, and that 
the very sin that they were involved with. Because when Moses told the people in, when you go into the land in Deuteronomy 5, 7, and 8, when you go into the land, you shall not, you shall, it shall be a blessing and a cursing. And Moses on the, gave us the Ten Commandments. And the number one commandment was, thou shalt not have any gods before you in um, Deuteronomy 5. And the second was, and thou shalt not make any graven image. And here, the worship of Baal was exactly what they were doing. And in Deuteronomy 28, 20 stated, when you do go in and occupy the land, what stands before you are blessings and cursings. If you obey God, you'll be blessed. If you disobey God, you'll be cursed. And gals, that hasn't changed today. If we walk in the spirit, read our Bibles and pray, God will bless us. Now, will he give us everything we ask for? No, but he will provide our needs. So when Elijah came, he told King Ahab, it's not going to rain for a while. And then he runs away. And he gets out of Dodge really fast. Verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide in the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan River. And it will be that when that you shall drink from the brook that I have commanded and the ravens to feed you there. So Elijah went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and stayed by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan River. They never write the Jordan River, so, but it's the Jordan River. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, according to God's word, ravens were non-kosher birds. You weren't to hang around with them. You weren't to um, eat them. They were in that part of, in Leviticus eleven thirteen through 16, that said, stay away from them. They're not kosher. But I believe that the Lord was providing these non-kosher birds or the raven um, catering service to them because he wanted to break down between Gentile and Jew and Jew and Gentile. So it was the start of it. And also it wasn't our... It wasn't our um, it wasn't our bread that has yeast in it. It was more like our pita breads or our tortillas. And not having rain, because they were agrarian, they couldn't grow their wheat or their barley or feed their animals or for the grass to grow. And so water was so important, and it's still important. We have two things that we have to live today. We have to live with air and we have to live with water. And if you, you can live without food for quite a while. Jesus did it for 40 days and 40 nights. But we as humans need water 
I need water all the time. I have a certain prescription that makes me so dried mouth. So, Laheim. <laughs> um, so, verse. Okay, this is the other. Remember, I told you I had a surprise. I wasn't dressed up as a um, starving widow woman today because <laughs> I'm far from that. <laughs> But I do know that ravens can bring surprises. They can bring bring good things. My girlfriend's sister, she's also my girlfriend, Pam Ritter, she was in her backyard one day, and she just noticed something really brilliantly bright and beautiful. And she went down and she picked it up. And behold, I told you I had something up my sleeve. She has she found this beautiful bracelet. And she goes, where did this come from? Now, she had had a party, and she thought perhaps one of the gals had left it or it had fallen off or something. She asked all the girls, and no one said they had this beautiful bracelet. Isn't it beautiful, you guys? And she couldn't figure out where she, it came from. So she got to talking. I think that's how the story goes. I should have asked a certain person. But... um. She asked around and couldn't find it. And sure enough, there's crows in her area in that particular house. She had a beautiful house in a big backyard, and there were crows in there all the time. So the only thing she could figure out is that this a crow brought her this beautiful bracelet that I am wearing now to honor the widow of Zarephath. <laughs> so let's get back to God's word. <laughs> that was a commercial. Um, so what I'm saying is God can use anything or anyone, including a crow to bring a bracelet. So the word of the Lord, verse 8, came to Elijah saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Now, if you remember, King Ahab came from that area. So God's going to send him right back into a trouble zone. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was gathering sticks at the city gate. And he called her and said, Please, bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And if you, if you have grandkids and you know you're down to the last sip of water and they want to sip, you're going to give it to them, no matter if they have colds. But, and they often do. But um, So I wondered if the widow there was willing to share her last little cup of water. I don't know, maybe she would, to a Jewish man who really shouldn't even be coming into her house. But like Cornelius and Peter in um, Acts 10, when Peter had that sheet opened up and God says, go kill and eat all these um, non-kosher animals. He said, oh, not me, Lord. I've never not eaten kosher before. I've never had bacon. He missed out. <laughs> but um, Cornelius needed to know the gospel. And this Sidonian woman of Zarephath needed to know Yahweh. So here the breaking down of kosher between non-kosher came about. And here 
as she's going to get this water, he also says, And please, can you give me a morsel of bread also in your hand? And then she said, As the Lord your God, notice that pronoun, your God lives, I do not have any, I, I, do, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little jar of oil in a cruise. And I'm gathering these couple of sticks that I may go in and eat it with my starving son and die. It was kind of like her last supper. And it was very sad. And I don't know about you if you'd be, I know I don't think I'd be so hospitable. hospitable. I actually go to the market, um, the street fair market and buy cookies that I love and hide them from Jim. So I don't know if I could have done this. <laughs> They're really good. Don't tell. Um, and here she is giving the very last of her very sustenance, water and food. And verse 13, and Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said and make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. And God has these wonderful universal um, truths. All through the Bible, I love his universal truth is, do not be afraid, fear not. All the way from Genesis on to Revelation, it's do not fear, it's trust. Here's another universal um, truth, and it is, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. When we get our husband's paycheck or our government check, because we're on Social Security, the first thing that needs to go out is our tithe. Our first thing that we need to do in the morning. Kid, not kids, I'm not teaching kids today, but we're all children of God. <laughs> so ladies, um, the first thing you do in the morning is you probably go empty your bladder, at least I do. And then I go in and get a cup of coffee, and I get my Bible, and I get my prayers and, and I'm not an early riser, never really have been, but that's the first thing I do. And a wonderful friend just invited me to her beautiful swimming pool and said that they have water aerobics at 9 o'clock. And for a minute, I was so tempted because I love water aerobics. But I said, no, I can't, I can't go, I can't do that because I have a date with Jesus and I know that we are so well taught here at Calvary Vista. That's probably been drummed in your mind between Denise and Rob. But I just wanted to, to tell you one more time, please. And if you're not a morning person, do it at night. But I love the fact that the Lord told her, told that Elijah was that you first go in and make me a little a little cake and it was like pita bread or, or tortilla and so she did and she ate and so 15 and she went and, and she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her household ate for many days the bin of flour was not used up 
nor was the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to Elijah. I wonder where I am. <laughs> Marianne did this last week. I'm so thankful I'm in good company. Um, so she wanted to know the true and living God. I'm not there yet. So verse 17. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. In other words, he died. Muerte. And so she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Can you hear her? Can you hear her pain? What do I have to do with you, O man of God? Have I come, have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him in his arms and he carried him up to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. And she cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, my God, have you brought this tragedy on this widow with whom I lodge and by killing her son? So he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord saying, Oh, Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he was revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know by this, that you are a man of God, of Yahweh, and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is true. But I thought it was so funny back in verse 18. He said, O man of God, have you come to bring my sin of remembrance? And I want to tell you, girls, that the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the cistern, brethren, will whisper in your ear, and remind you of the sin that God so graciously nailed on the cross. And he said, and your sins and your transgressions, I will remember no more. Somewhere in my notes it says that. Um, yes. And Romans 8.1 teaches us that therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And Roman and Hebrews ten sixteen says, and their sins and their lawless deeds will be remembered no more. And Hebrews ten ten says, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So, girls, when those the enemy of our, our soul whispers those remembrance of our own sin. And he can list them. We're going to stand on the word of God like Jesus did when the devil came to him. And we're going to say, but my sins have been paid for by my Christ's blood. He'll disappear at the name of Jesus. And we got to stand on those things. We got to bring those things. Every thought to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says... So now the miracle of the resurrection of this child. 
This is the first time in God's word that the actual resurrection of a child was manifest. It spoke from Genesis to Revelation about there would come a time where there would be a resurrection. It kind of hints in Genesis 3 about the serpent killing his head. And it it also talks in Genesis 22 when Abraham was going on the Mount Moriah and he was going to offer Isaac his son. And by faith, Abraham said, I know that you can raise the dead. And all through the scriptures, Genesis 22, Isaiah 53, it talks about Jesus. It talks about the resurrection. So they knew this is the very first time. And at the very end, I love that the woman makes a declaration. She has now seen miracle one, God fed them for many years. This, this drought let, was for three and a half years. Then she sees her son get sick, and now he's raised from the dead. And now she can declare that I know that you, Elijah, are a man of God, and the word of Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord God, is in your mouth is true. And what did Jesus teach us in the New Testament? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believeth in me, even though he were dead, yet he will live. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And none comes to the Father but by me. So what are some of the takeaways in in this Bible study that we learned? One was, I think, to be hospitable. Now this is one, like Marianne said a couple weeks ago when she did the um, Shunammite woman. She said that she had a hard time with it. And I have to say, I have a hard time with hospitality. That is not my gift, and I'm really learning. My kids can say amen when, it's, when they're done eating or whatever. I say, okay, you got to go home now. And they do, because they know their mom. But God's got to help me on that. Say amen, girls. <laughs> and But Romans 12, 13 says, Distributing to the saints, given to hospitality. It's not only just a gift, but it, it encourages us to do that. The, God doesn't have suggestions in God's word. He has commands. And so we need to be hospitable. So Lord, forgive me and help me on that one. Number two is give God the first fruits of your life. If that's your time, if that's your time in the word and time in prayer, or if it's time... In your giving or your love, give him the best and the first, first fruits according to Matthew 6, 33. Point three, and this one I've reiterated and will do till till Lord takes me. And I, I taught it in um, preschool. Read your Bible every day and grow, grow, grow. Neglect your Bible every day you shrink, shrink, shrink. So grow, grow, grow. Don't shrink, shrink, shrink. So read your Bible every day and grow, grow, grow. Right? We need to do that. And I love Psalms 27, 8 says, Seek thy face. And I say, yes, I'll seek thy face. And when you read your Bible, you need to pray. 
It's like read your Bible, pray. It's like coffee and half and half for me. And then you take what you've learned and you apply it. Because all this great head knowledge and all this great praying won't do you any good unless you apply it. And that's the dying to self part like Jesus did on the cross. And then number four is believe. Believe and have faith. Faith is so important. Without faith, we can do nothing. But with faith, we can do all things. In 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, verse 7 says, Love bears all things and believes all things. It hopes all things and endures all things. Love never fails. So let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you for this study in the widow of Zarephath, Lord. We thank you for um, your word being true and powerful. Father, in this crazy world of ours with hurricanes and floods and earthquakes and volcanoes and shootings and now fires, Lord, just to name a few of the recent things, We know that your will will be done. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to be part of your will to be done. We thank you for this portion of scripture. Help us live it out so we can glorify you in all that we say and think and do. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. One of those times where I feel like the Holy Spirit's prompting me to do something a little, a little different, but okay. just a heart to heart. Where Jenny may, um, I'd say like you went through a famine season. Oh, I did. I went through a terrible time. Yeah. Do you want me loss. to share? Lots of lots. You don't have to go into detail. Okay. I think they need to hear, and then okay. the word of the Lord and. I know he spoke to your heart not to fear. Yeah, so can you just share that? Absolutely. With as long as it's less than three seconds. Um, quite a while ago, my husband used to run printing companies, and he was very successful. And we had everything that we'd ever want. And um, God was good through that wonderful season. But then there came a season where <clears throat> he wanted to open his own restaurant. And I, my husband is a terrific cook. I haven't cooked in three years. I mean, 30 years. And he makes me everything. And um, he's a wonderful man. But we opened a restaurant. And it was in the middle of this spiral of our, um, of our, um, where the world was coming apart. I forget what that's called. But recession that's it for the recession and at beginning our restaurant did really well and then when the recession hit we lost everything 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 and god is so good because i was so broken my precious daughter jessica i'm gonna cry of course denise wants us to cry no she doesn't (laughs) but My Jessica, she took, um, because we foreclosed our beautiful home, and we we had seven garage sales. I sold my beautiful jewelry. I used to have a 
a bracelet like this. Not quite as pretty, but not quite as big. But I did have one like this, and I pawned it, lots of pawning, so my kids could have Christmas. That was, but I used to, I was so broken and so devastated. And in that time, my mom died, our cat died, we lost our house, we sold everything, and we lived with our daughter and her four kids and her husband. And it was a hard time. But God showed me that he was good. He showed me his character. Sometimes I would just be on my face and in the floor of one room. And I would picture myself in the throne room of Jesus. And I would just worship him. And through that pain birthed more refinement in me than I've ever had. And I thank God for it. And I thank our church for it. Because our church was so fabulous to me. I mean, not only did they take care of financial things for me, and but they also loved me. And I love you guys. I love this church. And I can also say that my girlfriends, I have a group of girlfriends that loved me through it. I have a girlfriend who clothes me and feeds me. <laughs> and But the body of Christ is powerful. And nothing that we can go through will ever compare to Christ. He's our treasure. He's our daily bread. He was this lady of Zarephath's daily bread. And thank you, that was from the Holy Spirit because... Heaven knows Jenny May doesn't like to cry in public. <laughs> I like to laugh. Thank you and God bless you.